Chapter Nine of the Huguenot by George Payne Rainsford James. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Nine. The discovery. Two days after the departure of the Count de Merseuil, the states of the province were opened in form, but neither with the states nor with their proceedings shall we have anything to do, and will merely notice an event which occurred on the eve of their meeting. On the day preceding. A vast number of gentlemen from all parts of the province had flocked into the city. The house of the governor was again filled to the very doors, and though the formal opening of the states was deferred till the succeeding day, they nominally commenced their assembly on the day after the count's departure. The colleagues, Pelisson and Saint-Elie, had separated after their arrival in Poitiers, the former having gone to the bishop's palace where he busied himself in his usual occupation at this time namely in diffusing large sums of money through the province by different channels for the purpose of bribing all persons who might be found weak or wavering in the protestant faith to abandon their religion and profess themselves catholics saint elie had remained at the house of the governor following occupations more suited to his genius that of watching everything that was done of gaining information concerning the views and feelings of all persons likely to be present at the assembly of the states and of endeavouring to form a party for his own purposes amidst the more fierce intolerant and bigoted of the influential catholics of the province the duc de rouvray could not avoid showing this personage every sort of civility for indeed such was the king's command but at the same time he could not conceal from himself that the abbé was a spy upon his actions and was intended to be a check upon his conduct, and, as may well be supposed under such circumstances, he was not particularly pleased with his guest. On the day preceding the regular opening of the states, then, after some of the preliminary formalities had been gone through, the duc de rouvray while conversing in his saloon with twelve or fourteen of the principal roman catholic gentry who had come to visit him as if by accident but in reality by a previous arrangement with others was not agreeably surprised to see that the abbe de saint elie followed by pelisson and the cure of guadreau enter the room in somewhat a formal manner and advance towards him with a face of business he bowed low, however, as it was the first time he had seen the abbé that morning, greeted Pelisson somewhat more warmly, and suffered the third personage of the party to walk up in bull-like sullenness with nothing but a formal inclination of the head. "'It is time, my lord,' said the abbé de saint elie "'to fulfil the order of the king, and to open in your presence the commission with which he has entrusted us,' of the nature of which we are ourselves in some sort ignorant up to this moment i thought gentlemen said the duke that you informed me the commission was not to be opened till after the opening of the states no my lord replied the abbe i said till after the meeting of the states which we were convened to meet to-day well then gentlemen said the duke i will give you my attention in a few minutes you see i am at present occupied with friends but in half an hour i shall be prepared to receive you in my cabinet upon any business that may remain to be transacted between us i see no reason my lord replied the abbe why the commission should not be opened before the gentlemen here present 
all of whom are sincere Christians and zealous supporters of the true faith. No earthly reason whatever, replied the Duke sharply, except that I choose to do my own business in my own way, in my own house, and in my own government. I am sorry to suggest any alterations in your lordship's plans, replied the abbe with a cool sneer, but I have authority for what I am doing. The king's express directions are to open the commission in the presence of your lordship and other competent witnesses. No, oh, if such be the case, said the duke, much mortified, there could be no witnesses more competent and none perhaps better prepared than the present. Pray open your commission, gentlemen. My good sirs, take your seats round this table. Let us give the matter, if possible, some air of regularity. Without there, send for my secretary. We will wait till he comes, if you please, Monsieur de Saint-Elie. What splendid weather this is, gentlemen. We have not had one wet day for nearly two months, and yet a gentle rain every morning. The persons present ranged themselves round the table. The curé de Guadreau produced the leathern bag which contained the commission, and laid it down heavily before him and as soon as the duke's secretary appeared, a large knot upon the leathern strings of the bag was cut with a penknife, and the whole packet handed to the Abbé de Saint-Elie, who had placed himself at the governor's right hand. Opening the mouth of the bag, then, the Abbé took forth a large parchment packet, sealed up at both ends with the royal arms of France. The governor asked to look at the superscription, and finding it addressed in the usual terms, to the Abbé Saint-Elie and Pelisson, he gave it back to the former, who, with an important countenance and slow formality, began to break the seals. Two or three paper covers were within, in order to keep the precious documents secure, and one by one the Abbé unfolded them, till he came to the last, which was also sealed, but which was much smaller than the size of the outer parcel had given reason to expect. He broke the seal himself, however, and produced the contents, when, to the astonishment of everybody, and the merriment of the younger persons present, there appeared nothing but a pack of cards. The Duc de Rouvray looked on dryly, not a smile curled his countenance, and he said, gazing at the Abbé de Saint-Elie, who sat in stupefied silence, "'I admire the sagacity and propriety with which it has been judged necessary to appoint witnesses for the opening of this commission.' or of this game perhaps i ought to say monsieur de saint-elie gentlemen i trust that you are perfectly satisfied but i must ask you whether it be necessary to direct my secretary to take a process verbal of the contents import and extent of the abbe's commission in the meantime pelisson had reached across and taken up the papers which had surrounded the cards he examined them minutely and long but at length replied to the duke's sneer by saying "'Perhaps it may be more necessary, my lord, than you imagine. "'It seems to me, from the appearance of these papers, "'that the packet has been opened before. "'There is a slight tear in the parchment, "'which tear is evidently not new.' "'You must look to that yourselves, gentlemen,' "'said the Duc de Rouvray, seriously angry. "'The commission has been in your charge and custody, "'and in that of no one else. "'You best know whether you have opened it before the time or not.' "'Secretary, as these gentlemen demand it, "'make a note that we have this day seen opened "'by the Abbé de Saint-Elie in our presence, "'a packet addressed to him and Monsieur de Pelisson, "'purporting to be a commission for certain purposes "'addressed to them by His Most Christian Majesty. 
and that on the said packet being so opened, there has been found in it nothing but a pack of cards, not in the most cleanly condition. Pray let him add, said Pelisson, that I have declared my opinion from the appearance of the papers that the said packet had been previously opened. Let that also be noted, said the Duke, but it must be noted also that Monsieur de Pelisson did not make that observation till after the packet had been opened, and the cards discovered that the seals were unbroken and the leathern bag entire. And now, gentlemen, he continued, after having interrupted my conversation with these noble gentlemen here present to witness the opening of a pack of cards, which may indeed be the commencement of a game that I don't understand, perhaps you will excuse me for rising and resuming our more agreeable occupation. Pelisson bowed his head, calm and undisturbed. The Abbé de Saint-Elie looked stupefied, mortified and angry beyond all measure, and the dull priest of Guadreau, upon whom the eyes of both his superiors were turned from time to time with an expression of no very doubtful import, looked swallowed up in stolid fear and astonishment. The governor and his guests in general had risen and scattered themselves about the room, and after speaking to the Abbé de Saint-Elie for a few moments, Pelisson advanced and took his leave in a few words, saying that of course it was their duty to inform the king of what had occurred, and that therefore they must proceed to write quickly before the ordinary set out. The governor bowed stiffly and merely replied that he himself could not think of troubling the king upon a trifle of such minor importance, and therefore left them to make their communication in their own terms. The three men then retired, and the rest of the party soon after separated. But the worthy governor had not been left half an hour alone before he received a billet from the bishop requesting an audience, which was immediately granted. He came accompanied by Pelisson and the curé de Guadreux, who remained without while the archbishop and his companion held a previous conference with the governor. The curé was then called in and remained some time with them. He was then sent out again to the antechamber, then recalled, and nearly two hours passed in what was apparently an unpleasant discussion, for at the end of that time when the governor returned to the saloon from his own cabinet, Clémence de Marly, the Duchess, and the Chevalier d'Evron all remarked that he was very much agitated and heated. In a minute or two afterwards his secretary followed him into the room with a note, apparently just written, in his hand, and asked if that would do. The governor read the note and replied, "'Yes, send it off directly,' he said. "'Bid the messenger give my very best regards to the Count de Marseille. Lay the strictest injunctions upon him also, not to stop this night till he has overtaken the Count. If the Count be in bed when he reaches the place where he is, he need not, of course, disturb him till the morning, but bid him say everything that is kind from me.' Clémence de Marly rose, and with a winning grace that was more natural to her than the capricious pride she sometimes assumed, walked up to the Duke, glided her arm through his, and drew the old nobleman into one of the deep windows. She spoke with him for several minutes earnestly, and he replied as if endeavouring to parry by a jest some question he did not choose to answer. "'Nay, nay,' she was heard to say at length, "'my dear guardian, you shall tell me, and you know that Clémence is more absolute than the king.' "'We will talk about it to-morrow, Clémence,' replied the duke, "'and perhaps I may tell you, but you shall make your confession in return, fair lady.' 
She blushed a little and turned away, and thus the conversation ended. End of chapter 9